Today we're wrapping up our series called Say What? We've been talking about the mind-blowing things that Jesus said in his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Specifically, we've been having some conversations about this one section of this sermon where Jesus was challenging conventional thinking, challenging conventional ways of living in a way that really made people, even then and today, go, say, what? Are you kidding me? And by this point in the sermon, Jesus' audience would have been ready for just about anything. And maybe you're ready at this point for, you know... Nothing Jesus says will surprise me now. Well, just hold on to that, because what Jesus has been saying has been very challenging. He said some pretty amazing things, some challenging things about anger, adultery, divorce, uh, the commitments we make, being people who are trustworthy. And then last week, he said some pretty challenging things about revenge and getting even and how we should just give up getting even. And so now Jesus is going to take what he said about revenge last week we talked about, and he's going to take it one step further, and it's going to really get uncomfortable. In fact, you could say that for many of the people listening to Jesus then, and maybe for you and me today, Jesus really crosses a line. People might be thinking, now you've gone too far. When we begin to wrestle with what Jesus said about enemies, about my enemies, about your enemies. Speaking of enemies, I got a question for you. Who is your enemy? Who is your enemy? Now, if you're a good Christian, immediately you might be thinking, oh, well, the devil, Satan. Satan's, okay, listen, here's the deal. We're not talking about that today. I get what you're saying, but we will find in just a few minutes that Jesus wasn't even talking about Satan. He's talking about people. We're talking about people. People like me and you, human beings, who is your enemy? Who in your life has taken the position of an enemy, an antagonist? Who in your life attacks you or could possibly attack you? Who do you consider a threat? Who's on the opposite side of you? Who's playing for the other team in your life? However you want to understand it. And there's different ways that that we can understand what it means to be an enemy. Just give me just a couple of minutes here. This is interesting. There's something called a nemesis, an arch enemy. I mean, this is what we call a lifelong enemy. It's, It's kind of always been that way. Someone that you've just never seen eye to eye with. Someone who's always kind of been against you and you've always kind of been against them. It's like a Batman and the Joker. You're Batman, they're Joker, or maybe they're Batman and you're Joker in their eyes. But you're they're your nemesis, your lifelong enemy, and you've kind of accepted it. Then there's the category of a temporary enemy. In other words, yeah, you guys are enemies, but just for a season of life. Perhaps a season of life that has come and gone, and you used not to talk, and you used not to get along, but now things have kind of blown over, and you've grown up and matured, and that's behind you now. And so the point with a temporary enemy is that it doesn't last. They're not always your enemy. And then there's momentary enemies. Enemies that in the moment that you're in, and for just a moment, because of what they've said, of what they've done, they're in the enemy position. In this conversation or for this conversation, it could be anyone that you have a disagreement with in the moment. 
Anyone who's caused pain or hurt in the moment. Anybody that you find yourself being angry with in a moment. A momentary enemy. Fortunately, most of our enemies in life are, are really in the category of momentary enemies because it's just what they said. I mean, things were fine, and then they said that, and now we got an issue. Or temporary enemies, just for a season of life, and, and eventually things will work out. Fortunately, most of the enemies we encounter will be momentary or temporary enemies. Thankfully, we have very few nemesis, arch enemies, uh, unless you have a cat. If you have a cat then you need to understand that they are your nemesis. And I know everything at this point with your cat may seem like it's going perfect, but they are your enemy. And it's only a matter of time because they're plotting. Anyway, you'll, you'll figure it out in time. Who is your enemy? You say, well, I don't have any enemies. I, I don't. I, I really, I don't. In fact, I love everybody. Really? I mean, Truly. Well, I got a question for you. What about, what about them? Who? Them? Oh, them? Yeah, them. What about them? Because, see, everybody has a them. That, I don't have enemies. Well, what about them? Oh, them? I love everybody. Well, what about them? Oh, them. Yeah, everybody has a them. And a lot of us, actually most of us, probably immediately thought of somebody. Maybe somebody from your past or maybe somebody that's very much presently in your life now you immediately thought of them but if you have problems kind of coming up with the them for you just give it a little bit of time just give it a little bit of time and before you know it you will come up with who the them is and if you're a really good Christian I mean you, you kind of grew up in church and you know the Christian things to say and you know the Christian ways of explaining things and you know getting through sticky situations you might say oh them Oh, well, I don't like them, but, but I love them in the Lord. I love them in the Lord. What in the world does that mean? What does it mean to love somebody in the Lord? I mean, come on. Most of the people who say that have no clue what they're saying. They have no idea what that means themselves. It's just one of those things they say. In fact, when you hear somebody say, well, I don't like them. In fact, I can't stand them, but I love them in the Lord. Here's what they're saying. They're saying, well, I'm saying that I love them because I have to say that. Because I'm a Christian. And I, and I go to church. And I love Jesus. So it's just one of those things that I'm supposed to say. And I, I really can't stand the ground they walk on. But I love them in the Lord. I mean, it's just, we just need to stop this whole thing of I don't like them, but I love them. Because that is a distinction that really causes a distraction to the main point of considering who you're enemy is who's your enemy maybe there's a better way to ask the question maybe we can just look at it like this who do you have a hard time being loving to you answer that question then you've identified someone who is maybe all the time or often or at least from time to time in the enemy position in your life who is it that you find yourself having a really hard time being loving to? Not saying that you love them, but actually showing them love and being loving to. Seeing them in a loving way. Treating them in a loving way. Who is it that you have a hard time being loving to? Maybe because you've always been taught that they're your enemy. Maybe that's just the way you grew up. 
Maybe it's what your parents have always told you or your grandparents or someone in your family or someone taught you that that kind of person is different than you and you need to stay away from them because they will hurt you or they will harm you or they're dangerous in the way they think and the way they live. Or maybe it's a whole group of people that you were taught, you were always taught, be careful of them, watch out for them because those people over there, and you fill in the blank. Maybe you were always taught that they were your enemy. And so you consider them your enemy. Maybe you have a hard time being loving to them because of how they believe that's differently, that's different than you. Or, or how they worship God that's different than you. Or how they live their life that's different than you. You know, to be honest, and this is pretty sad, but it's true. Christians, we often, listen, I know because I'm one of us, I'm one of you, I'm, I'm a Christian. And as followers of Jesus, we often find ourselves trying to spiritualize the differences between people. And when someone is different than us and we're different than them and we want to try to explain and justify why we stay away and we, and we, don't, we don't hang out with them and we don't talk to them and we don't try to get to know them. and Yeah, because of religious reason. Or we'll open up the Bible and we'll try to find something in the Bible that gives us justification for ignoring them or staying away from them or putting them in the category of bad and dangerous. And you just, oh, the way they think and the way they live and the, and the way they are, no, they're, they're your enemy because they believe differently or worship differently or live differently. Or, or maybe, let's get very practical here, maybe... Your enemy is someone you consider your enemy because of what they actually did to you personally or someone else that you love or because of how they've treated you or what they've said to you. And it could be somebody that you're married to or somebody you were married to. and You consider them your enemy. And how many times as husbands and wives we find ourselves as momentary enemies or it could be your parent a child, a family member, a friend, a co-worker. You fill in the blank. Who is your enemy? I want you to think about that. I want you to wrestle with that. Who is it that you find a really hard time being loving to? Maybe because of how they look or how they live or where they're from or what you've always been taught or maybe how they've treated you personally. I want you to think about that. And I want you to keep that in the very front of your mind, your thinking, as we journey together in the next few minutes through the words of Jesus. Now, Jesus says something very specific about your enemies, about my enemies, about any of our enemies. In fact, what he said was not just specific. It was considered almost scandalous. By a lot of people, it definitely crossed a line. So let's see what Jesus said. Here's these three words again in this sermon. He keeps using them time and time again. You have heard. So he's getting ready to refer back to something that they knew that they have heard. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now he's referring back once again to the law of Moses, back to the Old Testament law. And when he said, you have heard, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, everybody there would be like, yep, that's what we've heard. Yep, that's what we know. Yep, that's what we were taught. 
Now, specifically, the part of the law he's quoting is the love your neighbor. Notice that's in quotes because that's the specific part of the Old Testament Mosaic law he's quoting. The next part, the hate your enemy, that's assumed. Because if you're loving your neighbor, and the word neighbor doesn't mean someone who just lives beside you. It's anyone who is for you and you are for them. A brother, a sister, someone that you care about and they care about you. And you've heard it said you should love each other people like that in your life. So if I love them, then how do I treat those and how am I supposed to handle situations where people are not for me and they don't care for me and I don't care for them? Well, obviously, if you love them, then you hate them. And that's just kind of how people filled in the blank throughout all of history until Jesus shows up on the scene All religious people through history, that's the way they interacted. That's why there was so much war and and so much fighting. And then Jesus shows up on the scene and he says, you've heard it said, this is the way it is. You love your neighbor and you hate your enemy. Watch this. But I say, but I say, I'm changing things. I'm shaking things up. I know I'm getting ready to cross the line, but this is the way things are going to be from now on. But I say to those of you who follow me, Love your enemies. This is how we're going to do things. Pray for those who persecute you. Say, what? Love my enemies? Pray for people who have it out for me, who are trying to hurt me, and it's not pray against them. Like, God, get them. Break their face. You know, No, no, no. It's pray for them. Pray good things and helpful things for them. Love your enemies, pray for those persecuted. Say, what? I mean, that in and of itself was so revolutionary. In essence, what Jesus was saying was, do for your enemies what you would do for a friend, a family member, someone you love. Love them. You pray for them. Then he goes on. In that way. When you are loving your enemies and you're praying for those who, bring, who try to bring pain into your life. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. In other words, when people see you acting like that and behaving in such a way where you are showing love to those who would be considered your enemies, that's when people are going to connect you and the God you say you love connect you and the God you say you serve and follow. That's when people are going to make a connection between you and the Jesus that you say you have given your life to. In fact, that's exactly what Jesus said in John 13 when Jesus said to his disciples, do you know how everybody's going to know that you're my disciples, that we're on the same team, that you're connected to me and I'm connected to you? and that you're about my mission, do you know how they're going to know that you're my disciple? When they see your love for each other. So here we have it again. Jesus is saying, you're going to be seen as true children of God when you love your enemies and you pray for those who persecute you. For he gives his sunlight both to the evil and the good, And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. So in other words, he's saying you're going to be seen as true children of your heavenly Father, true children of God, when you love your enemies. Because this is how God treats his enemies. This is how God treats everybody. He gives sunlight to both the evil and the good. Both. And he sends rain on just and the unjust alike. People who are for him and people who are against him. 
So Jesus is getting ready to make a very powerful point here, but what he's trying to help people understand is God doesn't discriminate. God does not discriminate when it comes to his love. There are no exceptions. And you and I, as true children of our Heavenly Father, should not discriminate in how we love people. No exceptions. Friends and enemies alike. And then he gives this illustration. It's fascinating to me. He said, because if you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors, and boy, they were really messed up people in that society in the first century. Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. In other words, that's nothing. That's easy. Anybody knows that. If you're kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Everybody knows that. Even the pagans do that. Even people who don't follow God, even people who don't believe in God, even people who are complete opposite of you and me, even they know that. Even they do that. So you get no points for loving people who love you. There's nothing special to be kind to those who are kind to you and who are already your friends. No. You see, this whole idea of loving your enemies is the kind of love that is an uncommon love. It is different. It's another level kind of love. It's a God kind of love. And then Jesus says this. This is a huge statement. For you, you followers of mine, Jesus' followers, are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, we'll talk about what he means by perfect in just a second, but here's what I want you to see first of all. What he's saying is that you and I can love like God loves. He's saying you, 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 when you love your enemies, you're true children of God, and everybody can see that. And so you are to be perfect even as your heavenly Father. Whatever perfect is, we'll talk about that. But he says you can love like God loves, or he wouldn't have challenged us to. He would not have asked us to if he were not going to make it possible for us to do just that. Now, what does he mean by perfect? The word perfect here is not the meaning of the word perfect that means sinless or perfection or flawless. No, no. The word perfect here is, is the word perfect when you and I use it in the context of things being just as they are supposed to be. When things are exactly like they should be. It's like when someone does something for you that's kind, something that's nice, or they bring you something and they say, how's that? And you look at them and you say, oh, that's perfect, thank you. Or that's perfect, thank you. What you're saying is, that's exactly as it should be. That's exactly as I wanted it to be and expected it to be, thank you. That's just perfect. Now, you're not saying it's flawless. What you're saying is, that's what I expected. And so when we are being called perfect. As our Heavenly Father, what He's saying is, you are loving people the way they should be loved. Whether they're friends or enemies, you're loving them both alike. Whether they're for you or against you, that's the way it should be. The just and the unjust, the good and the evil, there are no exceptions, no discriminating in love. You just love as your Heavenly Father loves. This is radical. Jesus is calling us to such a radical kind of love that we begin to treat our enemies like we would our friends. Think about it. 
And if you treat your enemy, whoever your enemy is, momentary, temporary, or nemesis, whoever your enemy is, whoever's in the enemy position in your life, if you treat them as a friend, how long then will they continue to be your enemy? You could make the argument not very long at all. You could say this, too. You could say that this kind of love means enemies are just friends waiting to happen. Radical, isn't it? Completely different way of thinking, especially when you think about them. Yeah, them. You, You know them. Loving the way your heavenly Father loves you and me. Loving other people the way your heavenly Father loves people means that your enemies are friends waiting to happen. And when you love them with the kind of love that God has for them and the kind of love that God has shown you and me and us and he's put in our own lives, it has a way of taking enemies and turning them into friends. And that, my friends is what the power of the love of Jesus can do in you and through you. So, who is your enemy? Once you've identified who your enemy is, you've just become aware of an opportunity to love like Jesus. To show that you are, exactly how we just read, true children of your heavenly Father. That you are perfect in love like he is. Now that doesn't mean sinless. And it doesn't mean you always get it right. And it doesn't mean flawless. But it means this. You love as love should be. That means no exceptions. No discrimination. You love like God loves. Who's your enemy? The second question is what can you do now? To show love to them. The word show is so very important. Once you've identified who your enemy is, then you've got to go to the next level. You know, the, a lot of times the biggest battle is identifying who your enemy is. But now that you've identified who's in the enemy position in your life, whether momentary, temporary, or nemesis, what can you do to show them love? Because this is where love goes way beyond just lip service, just saying it. Because it's one thing to say it, and it's easy to say it, but it must be displayed. And displaying the love that you say you have is a whole different deal. And here's the truth. People need to see your love. They need to experience your love. And the world around us needs to see love in Children of God, followers of Jesus in the church, they need to see it, they need to witness it, they need to watch us show love even to people and especially to people who would be considered our enemies. But that's what Jesus did, and he did it perfectly. Once again, we look at the cross of Jesus Christ as the perfect example On the cross, what was happening is that Jesus was displaying such love for his enemies that he communicated on the cross that he would rather die for his enemies than treat them like one. That's right. 
Jesus was, would rather die for his enemies than treat his enemies like enemies. That's the example we have to follow. So what do you need to do? To show your enemies you love them. Well, you can begin by praying for them. And that's a great place to start. And you're going to have to do that a lot. Now, pray for them, not against them. You pray for them, but you're going to have to go further than that. Perhaps what you need to do to show love to them is have a conversation. Maybe you need to tell them that you love them, that you want to show them that you love them. And that may be a little awkward at first until you back it up with your behavior because everybody wants to be loved. Maybe in that conversation, you're going to have to go to the place where you just stop talking and you listen. Listen to them. Get to know them. Perhaps you will discover that you are operating on certain assumptions that made you think they were your enemy when they actually were not. It's amazing how things change when we listen to each other and learn about each other and consider each other's perspectives. Maybe how you show love to them is by meeting a need in their life, serving them, giving to them. Maybe it's encouraging them in some way, or just good old-fashioned kindness. What do you need to do to show them love? Again and again and again. Not just one time, but over and over and over again until this enemy of yours becomes more like a friend than you ever dreamed possible. Oh, it could be at this point you're going, well, I tried that. I tried that. I, I hear what you're saying, preacher man, but I, I tried that, and it just didn't work. It didn't work, uh, and it didn't work out so well, and um, so I'm, I'm done that, but I checked that box. Here's the deal. There's no limit on love. There's no limit on love, and you ought to be thankful for that, which means there's no limit on love in your direction either, and in my direction either. That's just not the way love works. When you love like your heavenly Father loves, there is no discrimination, there is no exceptions, and there's no ending to that kind of love. And that's love as it should be. So who's your enemy? Question number two, what do you need to do to show them love? And then one final question, and this is a butt kicker, when will you do it? Because one thing to say, yeah, yeah, and oh yeah, I know, I know. And boy, this is what I hope to do. This is what I plan to do. No, no, no. Let's take it one step further. Let's come up with a plan. When will you do it? Plan, prepare, follow through. Start somewhere. Make it happen. Even today, you, you might need to send a text to start out with today or an email or make a phone call. Start somewhere today because it's not enough to hope to. It's not enough to ought to. It's not enough to just, man, I desire to, and I intend to. No, no, you, you and I need to make this happen. Who's your enemy? What do you need to do to show love to them? And when are you going to do it? As you and I begin to put this into practice, you and I will experience something amazing. It's called the power of the love of Jesus inside of us 
strengthening us because in and of ourselves we can't do it. But with the power of his spirit that he has put inside of you and inside of each of us who are trusting in him to do it, he will fill us so much with his love that he will love through us and he will help you love as he loves. Love as it should be, perfectly. It's an amazing thing to experience. And it is through the love of Jesus that he will help you rise above what they said to you, what they did to you, how they treated you. And in return, instead of giving them back and getting even, like we talked about last week, you are now responding to them with love that comes straight from the heart of Jesus through you to them. Let's end our time praying for each other. And asking God to help us love as he loves. Because if he didn't intend for us to do it, he would have never challenged us to do it. He will make it possible. Let's ask him to help us, and then let's do it. Our Father, may we get honest about our enemies, who our enemies are. May we get honest about our assumptions, what we've always thought, what we've always been taught. And then may we open our hearts and minds and our wills to allowing you to love through us. Love as it should be, perfectly. Loving our enemies like we would our friends. No discrimination, no exceptions. We just love. And just let you sort out the rest. And love like that would sort out so much in and of itself. So may we love like you love. And like you've loved us. Help us to see what we need to do next to show love. And then may we come up with a plan to do it. Not just hope to, not just intend to, not just plan to, but make it happen. As we depend on your strength and your power to help us rise above any reason we may have to consider them an enemy and show them love over and over again until our enemies become our friends. All because of Jesus. We ask this in your name. Amen.